Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on crack cocktails. I am your host, Louise Salas, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend. As long as she's my Marco, I will be her polo. <laughs> the mixtress, DC Gina. <laughs> I like the games you play in a pool. I'm it. <laughs> Wait, is that a real person? What? Well, no, <laughs> so funny, you should ask. Because I think you might have just a little bit in common with Marco Polo. Okay. He's he, Italian. He was Italian. <laughs> He was a merchant and an explorer. But fortunately, there are some things you don't have in common, at least as far as I know. I don't believe you've ever been imprisoned. Okay, so you don't have to admit it. We don't have, we'll just keep going. <laughs> so, For how long? A few hours? Yeah. A month? No. Okay, so he was in a little bit longer than you. Uh, he was imprisoned after a Venetian ship he was fighting on was captured, and it was the year 1298. Um, and while he was imprisoned, his cellmate actually convinced him to write down his adventures in Asia and all the things that was going on. And so um, the advice from this convincing cellmate um, actually allowed the European world at that time to get a better understanding of what was going on beyond their borders. And it's just by chance that that happened. Hmm. Um, Yeah, crazy, huh? Um, So it later um, went on to um, become a book, uh, the book of uh, the marvels of the world, and we also know that as the travels of Marco Polo. Mm -hmm. It was released around 1300, as far as I know anyway. And then he found it in CNN? Exactly. Right. He did. Yep, exactly. From the grave. Yep. Perfect. Absolutely. (laughs) So, so talking about documenting history and and how that changes the world brings me to today's designated drinker. I'm ready. You ready? Yep. You ready? So, let's introduce, already, damn it, today's designated drinker, the president of the drink company, Derek Brown. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Cool, cool. I know that, speaking of history, the two of you have a really long history. Mm-hmm. We do. Yeah. So, we go Also, while I was in prison, so that's cool. Yeah. Okay, well. No. <laughs> well, that's we've, another show. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> we've drank together in many bars. Yes. Sometimes even poured drinks. Yes. Together in bars. Nice. And all over the place. Yeah. Not just in D.C. Yeah. That's cool. cool. But you've also done something else. You've also written a book. Right. Is- I just... Uh, put out this April. Wow. Um, How did the press? Yeah. Spirit, Sugar, Water, Bitters, How the Cocktail Conquered the World. Um, And it's, I think, a very good book. Uh, (laughs) Mom thinks it's a very good book. And I hope people out there think it's a very good book. Yeah. Um, But it's basically a very short uh, history. Or when I say short, I mean the amount of pages. It actually covers (laughs) thousands of years. Wow. Um, But it's a uh, history is told over the bar, I guess is the best way to say it, of the cocktail itself. Yeah. So we start all the way before the cocktail, um, going back to the very invention of drinking, and we bring it all the way to the present, which is dubbed the platinum age of drinking. So, cool. Um, and we cover everything in between in a few hundred pages. That's a short book, but that's pretty <laughs> cool. That's a really that's a really uh, cool concept to bring things together. Yeah. 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 There were, there hadn't been a book like that for a while that I know of. Um, but one of the first books that inspired me was by a writer for the New York Times named William Grimes. And he wrote a book called Straight Up um, or On the Rocks, Straight Up and On the Rocks. Yeah. No, I can't remember. And or. One yeah. or the other. But in it, he 
you know, documents the history of the cocktail within America. And, um, and it's good, but there's new, new information and there's new chapters that have evolved since then. And so for my part, what I try to do is bring it into the present, um, add a little bit more new information and, and keep it conversational. Because cool. I think a lot of times people get intimidated by history. I'm not a historian. Um, but anybody can understand history, right? We all we all can go back and we can find that information and look through it and learn it. And and that's what I tend to do, present it in a conversational way. People can really digest it, make a drink based on it, and, yeah. and taste history itself. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So you I, just, are you, I'm sorry. I would say you're a historian. Um, you know so much about everything. I, I know some things. I Hopefully I know some things <laughs> if I do. But, but, yeah, well, you know. My, one of my friends is getting a PhD in his history, so I don't know if he would call me a historian. Maybe just a history buff, maybe? <laughs> history buff. Let's say history buff. There you go. There you go. That's cool. So what kind of cocktails are we thumbing through what I expect? Like, like, say, from the early days. Right. So, I mean, the cocktail itself, you know, is... Um, uh, the first definition of it is in 1806, and it's the name of the book, Spirit, Sugar, Water, Bitters. And I think a lot of people don't realize oh. that the cocktail itself has a uh, was one thing, and then it became ten things, and then it became hundreds of things. And now you could go to a cocktail party, and somebody would say, oh, here's a wine and, and a beer. Yeah. Uh, no cocktails involved. Um, so I get it, and language changes over time, so that's fair. Um, but the original definition is Spirit, Sugar, Water, Bitters. Uh, bitters. The original definition <laughs> is spirits, sugar, water, bitters. And we all know what the drink that is. That's yeah. the old-fashioned more. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. So, and then there's, are there, um, how, how many recipes are in the book? So each chapter, there's nine chapters and one uh, preface, I forget what we call it, which is before the cocktail. But in the nine chapters, we have five recipes at the end. Four recipes are classics or ones that have been created um, before. And then one cocktail from me. So oh, cool. um, it'll have a cocktail that I kind of created based on the era. Oh, that's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. Huh. So we have- So some of the other recipes are like involved. Uh, you know, I have an, I have well I have an admission to make. Okay. Um, Do it. I, I like the Cosmo now. Oh. Like I'm okay with the Cosmo. But there yeah. was a time I wasn't. Yeah. But I made too many of them. Yeah. <laughs> and they were just they just became like can't handed out candy and I was tired yeah. of it. Um, I, I don't know about you, Gina, but in my career, I've made more Cosmos than anything else still to this day. Wow. Um, <laughs> and so I hated it and I didn't think it tasted very good. And then I revisited it and I realized it's good. It's a sour. Yeah. Um, it's delicious and it's not really my cup of tea, but I also drink whiskey straight, so we yeah. all have different tastes. Yeah. And, and so throughout the book, the, you know, it goes all the way from the old fashioned to the Cosmo. Um, and even some drinks today, there's a, a drink from Adam Bernbach uh, called The Dark Side. It's Adam is a DC yeah. bartender, of course. Yes, he was um, actually recently on the show. Great. Yeah. Great. Hopefully, he gave the secret to the Dark Side because it's he a great drink. He says it's the simplest drink ever. And then he makes fun of me because I, I'm always like, it's not. And he's like, it is. It's literally those three ingredients. And it's so good. It's just one of those, I don't know, it's one of those drinks that, that will move on in time, I think. I think as people see it, it'll continue to move. It's easy. It's it's straightforward. Do you remember? Do you reckon? It's gin. Uh-huh. Canato. Um, Chinato, sometimes called as Canato, because CH in Italian yeah. is good. Right. Okay, Chinato, and it is um, Peixot bitters. Oh. But he did something else to it. I'm trying to remember. I think he just like 
toasted a star anise or, or added no, star anise somewhere. That's it. Somewhere. Yes, right. Um, and it is simple. You know, it's such a simple drink, but it's delicious. And, and quinato is maybe confusing for people when they hear that word because they have no idea what that is. I don't know. But quinato is basically a style of vermouth that has quinine in it. Oh. So quinine is in tonic. Yeah. Right? So that's where you get that bitter taste. So it's a bitter vermouth. Over time, they just dropped the vermouth label and just started calling it quinato. Okay. Unlike vermouth, it's not fortified. Oh, okay. So, so vermouth, they add you know, a neutral brandy to it. With the canato, it's all from the grapes of northern Italy. Oh, and it's great. And and one of the things that's that's great for, besides making Adam Bernbach's awesome drink, <laughs> is it goes awesome with chocolate. Ice cream. Yeah, it's magic with it. And so I highly recommend eating chocolate and drinking canato and enjoying yourself thoroughly. Or a hot chocolate. Or a hot chocolate, yeah, just pour it right in. Why wait? Nice. I mean, that's what the Italian weirdos do, like my family is all the time. And then grappa, or you can add grappa to it if you want something mm-hmm. a little stronger, which is like really nice. Grape on grape. Yeah. It's not a crime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we should make a classic um, drink while we're chatting. I think you ready? Should, I think we should honestly make a version of an old fashioned just because I was going to do something else, and then I feel like. Maybe we should just do it because it is your book and it's your show and, and it's about you. Yeah, you guys talk and I'm going to gather my okay. new well, ingredients. Okay. My I, new like, ingredients. I like it all. So I'm gonna get it. So you you let, let me know when you're ready to dive right in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let Jump me, right let me, over. Let me navigate around this room. Oh, tell us where yes, we are. Yes, we are. While you're Actually, gone. Derek should tell us where we are. So, yes. Um, listeners, Derek, please tell them where we are. Where the hell are we? This, no. <laughs> this is about Brennan's. In the Paul Morphy house. Yeah. Now, most people don't know who Paul Morphy is, and that's okay. But he is one of the um, greatest American sportsmen. Um, he was... Sportsman? Well, if you consider chess a sport. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But maybe, maybe some people call that game player. I don't yeah. know. Maybe yeah. some people... I don't think he would call himself a sportsman. He would kind of consider himself a gentleman, uh, Paul Morphy. And he played chess, and he was one of the greatest, probably right up there with Bobby Fischer, which most people wow. know better. Um, and Paul Morphy um, was, was a little bit uh, eccentric as well. So gotcha. he, looks, he looks down on us, I think. <laughs> and so um, he was known for, uh, first he would not officially compete. He would play chess in a sort of competitive environment, but he would not enter into this sort of final world champion thing. So he was called the unofficial world champion. Gotcha. Everybody knew he was the best, but he would not necessarily test it to the degree that people wanted him to. And so, because he didn't gamble on chess, he thought that was ungentlemanly, and he was like a little eccentric. Sounds like it. Yeah, very eccentric. So I think there's like scepters and crowns involved in it somewhere, and him walking through the streets of New Orleans, people thinking he's a dandy. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he is was a masterful player. I mean, it's it's hard to uh, undervalue the his chess ability. Yeah, it's great. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Bobby Fischer's better, but yeah, I don't know. I wish. his chest ability. Chest ability. Oh, I mean, good lord! I like it. Good lord. Um. All right, wait, hold on. I'll tell you what I'm making. Okay, what you got over here? So right we're gonna do. Um, so I. So we're gonna make old. We're gonna make the old fashioned, and as Derek stated, that it is a spirit water being the ice, um, a sweetener. We're gonna actually use the cocktail and sons, demerara spice demerara um, syrup. 
Um, I we're gonna use Wild Turkey 101 Rye. So we're gonna do two. I do two. I do two ounces and a dash, right? That's how I like to make it. So that what if I say put a little too much extra um, simple syrup in it, the dash will help get get over it, right? Yep. So we're gonna do a quarter an ounce of the um, Cocktail and Sons um, <laughs> syrup, and then we're gonna use. Um, so I'm obsessed with this. Uh, pooter. So we're going to use it. And it's, it's I laugh smoke, every time you say it. <laughs> it's smoking salt bitters. And I really like it, but we're going to actually mix it with a little bit of yuzu. So when I do my old fashions, I like to use something that's like really base. And I like to put like one or two um, bits of like a citrus in there. Nice. To brighten it up. And like traditionally, you would, you know, you, some people do uh, believe it should be straight bitters, one kind. I, you know, that's like, that's silly. That's saying that you can only use pepper and no salt. So we have two drinks, so it's about four drops of the pooter and smoke, and then we're gonna put two drops of the um, yuzu um, bitters. And, and I have to open them, because they're not actually open yet, because I just got them here. They're all just brain spanking new. You know what's really nice? Everything's really new in this old room, right? So I'm <laughs> into it. And we get to like hang out here for the, um, the next few days. And like you said, it's like a perfect room for cocktails. It's an important room. Where decisions are made, and um, you check, was it checkmate? Was it one? Well, I don't even know. Checkmate, yeah. Yeah, checkmate. Yeah. When you get, <laughs> when you win the game, you say checkmate. Okay. Or unless the person actually resigns. Really? There's also a rooster in here, which is also known as like. Oh, yeah. 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 I honestly yeah. didn't want to screw up the word cock. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you do do that often. <laughs> That would, that would, all right, that's a different show. I like that yeah. show. I don't know what show that's going to be, but it's going to be different. It's going to be a complete spinoff. All right, so now we're going to take it to 30 rotations. Um, because we have two drinks in here at one time, we're actually probably going to just uh, stir this just a little bit longer because I like want to make sure the dilutions well. And then serve it over ice with an orange twist. And then, and then we'll go from there. Great. Yeah. When do you decide to use just a round or a twist, or is there a, I mean. The amount of, the amount of oil you want. I like a coin, um, personally. Quarter round, right? Yeah, quarter round, size of a quarter. Um, some people prefer like a longer one. I, you know, it's personal. I feel like the cocktail is personal. I feel like everyone comes up with their own twist, and I'm sure that Derek has a completely different way that he makes his. Yeah. But that's what's beautiful about it. Follow what it says it's in the drink, Find the way you like it and present it that way. Otherwise, the cocktail doesn't evolve. It becomes the same thing every yeah. time. And if that's the case, then, you know, we live in a different... Uh, a, we, sh we shouldn't have anything new, you know? So, and then Apple would be out of business because they would have the same Apple iPhone and not a new one <laughs> every other day. <laughs> I'd have a lot more money in my pocket then, too. I, uh, yeah, right. So, this is funny. So, normally... Um, I'm looking at this. It has this golden color yes. when you when you do the flavor the this these particular bitters in it. So no, I I am always accustomed to the Angostura um, red that it kind of makes this like red brown copper color. So I'm like, it's always alarming that yes, this too is an old fashioned. <laughs> uh, all right, that's it. Sit down and I'm gonna start cocktail. Okay. I can't wait. This is the best part of the show, Derek. Yeah, of course. I mean, it, I mean, it's you, but it. 
Oh, I'm, you know. I've been long aware of why people like me. <laughs> it's because I would serve alcohol. So there you I'm not go. surprised that alcohol is a star here. I too buy my friends. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Free, sir. Thank Free you. Cheers. 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 Thank you. Um, mm, smells so good. That's delicious, Tina. Good job. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Delicious. Good. Um, that 101, I find, I like that wild turkey 101 a lot. The yeah. rye. It's really nice. It's got like, it's a good cut to and everything. It's just, it's, it's, it's nice. So, uh, old fashions, are they always with rye, made with rye or? No. No. Whiskey. No. Whiskey. Yeah. It, well, here, okay. Here's the truth. So, that original definition of spirit sugar water bitters does not specify what spirit. So an old-fashioned, when you order it today, and generally is with whiskey, and specifically with rye whiskey. But you can have any type of old-fashioned. You can do a Yenever old-fashioned. You can do a Mezcal old-fashioned. Yeah. Even in David Embry's uh, 1940, I'm forgetting the exact date, 40-something uh, book, he has, and he makes fun of, a vodka old-fashioned. So mm. it is possible to do a vodka old-fashioned. Not advised. <laughs> Yeah. And so you can do anything, but Gina is 100% correct. It's mostly whiskey, and I think for me it's best with rye. With rye? Mm-hmm. Is that your go-to as well? Mood. Yeah. I'm a mood. I'm a mood. Sometimes I feel like a different way about my. I love old fashions. I like like the one mezcal and everything, but like I sometimes I put Shinar in there. Sometimes I I, I switch them up. I mean. To your point, you can find start with start with the basic yeah. and learn how to make it. Your I always own. feel like I make better decisions after an old fashioned. <laughs> I do. I feel like it's you have like it's got a there's a thing about the cling in the glass and the, the sipping on the whiskey and the and the lighthearted. I I don't know and the, and the, like the aromatics of the bitters and the clarity. Now do I think I make better decisions after six? No. <laughs> <laughs> One's nice and sufficient. But and at least you have a moment should. to like sip through and draw out your conclusion. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I, um, you know, it's not, you don't have to race your drinks down. Like I think you used to be able to really take the time to enjoy these things. Um, because when you went to someone's parlor, if you go back in time, right, you weren't presented a cocktail after cocktail after cocktail after cocktail in five seconds. No. It was precious. Yeah. And the things were came from all over the world, and they didn't come, you know, because Amazon dropped it off. They <laughs> came because a man rode a horse to a boat, and the boat traveled for a very long time to get to you, and then somebody, again, on a horse or walked it to another place. So, you know... Just take a minute, yeah. you know, savor it. Fair. So I read a book. Yeah, it's not a Keurig cocktail. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Just yeah. coming to a theater near you, I guess. <laughs> so what if somebody wanted to come to a theater near you? Where would they come to see you? Um, well, the Columbia Room is a great bar, I think, my bar. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't spend time behind the stick anymore. I'm no longer a shift bartender. Yeah. Um, I've given that up a while back. Um, but you'll see me pop in every night. But they see your influence at the bar, yeah? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think there's lots of my cocktails that still exist there. Yeah. Um, and sometimes people order them. Sometimes. And sometimes <laughs> off of order them, sometimes I even like them. <laughs> yeah. It's good to be <laughs> humble. <laughs> Just so everyone knows that Columbia Room is in D.C. Mm-hmm. That's also hometown. mine. What award? Uh, a few years back, I don't know if it counts anymore, 2017. Um, everything's changed since then. But 2017, <laughs> it was the... Um, uh, best American cocktail bar. Wow. 
It's a pretty prestigious award. I yeah. mean, we're proud of it. Yeah, you should, should be. Proud. Be. Columbia Room has done a great job. All the bartenders there have been spectacular, and they continue to make great drinks. Do you have a? Um, now you eat cheese and crackers off your award instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So old house has cheese and crackers on this. That's fine. It's a doorstop. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have anything new coming up? Well, we just um, we just opened a, a pop up bar. We have a pop up bar that has rotating um, uh, themes. Yes. So. Uh, the one we're doing right now, I don't know if you want to include this or not. But yeah. Okay. Is the esports. We're doing the esports uh, pop up. Nice. So, well, listen, some people don't really even know what esports is, so I'm yeah. not going to put you on the spot. But um, esports is competitive video games. Yes. Yeah. And it's becoming a huge thing, especially for a younger demographic. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that I'm 45 this year, so um, I had to be, it had to be explained to me. Yes. Um, and. I love it, actually, and I think it's really cool that people are doing this. Um, and there's a team in D.C. called the Washington Justice uh, oh. that is a competitive um, team, uh, uh, esports team that does Overwatch. Um, and they are, um, and we're doing Overwatches one bay. We have three different bays mm -hmm. that we do it in. The uh, second one is NBA 2K, and the third one is uh, Super Smash Brothers, which is one where most people know the characters from that. Yeah. Mario, Pikachu, yeah. Link, etc. It's kind of the whole gaming universe in one. It is a, a, a strange phenomenon to think that people are now gathering around to watch other people play video games. Mm -hmm. It's true, but I also tell people, well, you watching people do anything is of the same ilk, right? Sure. Like Absolutely. Watching somebody make a drink, watching somebody play a video game, watching somebody run into another person with a helmet on that will not really truly protect their head. Yeah. All of them involve watching. True. Very so true. So there's nothing different in that way for the, for the spectator. It's only different for the person who's playing. Yeah, very true. I think it just comes from somebody who's more than 45 <laughs> and not a gamer. So you kind of go, huh. Yeah, it makes sense. It, it does, but you're like, huh. Now, if you really want your mind to be blown, there's stadiums where people watch. What? Where? Uh, in Korea. Uh -huh. Also, I believe like they have one in D.C. I'd have to look into that. I forget now. I know we talked about it, but I'm sorry. I've lost track of it. But, That's okay. But, yeah, I mean, this is becoming a thing, and there'll be more stadiums popping up. That is insane. I love that, though. But we can always count on one time of year you will present Miracle, right? Mm -hmm. Can you tell our listeners what that is and something that they should come and see because it's actually breathtaking? It is. Yeah, so pop-up bar in general, like I said, is a thematic cocktail bar. We do make cocktails, and that's a big part of it. Um, they're they're sort of born to the theme. Yeah, they're, I think they're lovely. Yeah. Uh, and... That started because we started doing Miracle on 7th Street, which is Greg Bohm, who runs Cocktail Kingdom, and, and Mace, and very, I don't know, a thousand bars. I think at this point he's at a thousand bars, wow. and they're all amazing. Um, <laughs> but he... He's a magician. He, he came up with this uh, idea to have a, um, you know, a holiday theme, yeah. mostly Christmas-themed uh, uh, cocktail bar. And it was great. It's called Miracle on 9th Street yes. in New York. Um, we were the first, I guess you could call us franchisee uh, yeah. uh, all the time. At the time, it was just kind of a fist bump, like, oh, let's do this. You know, Cool, you should do it. And then we talked about how we would do it. Um, and now it's throughout the country that really? all these different bars are doing Miracle on Name the Street. Yeah. You know, Miracle on 39th, on 31st, on 2nd, on whatever. And um, 
why are all these cocktail bars on, on numbered streets? I didn't, <laughs> is, that a, is that just something that's... that's you know, I don't know. I don't know. Probably most cities have a numbered street system. Okay, so yeah. maybe some of them are like Miracle and Santa Fe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, you're making light. I'm going to say this. One thing I have to say is that Derek's making a little bit light of what they actually do to transfer. So Derek has this beautiful, serious, amazing, you know, cocktail bar, historic, you know, beautiful yes. Columbia room. Then he has the pop-up bar, which for, is for fun. Right. It's jovial. It's yeah. not to be taken serious. It's almost it's anti-serious, but like seriously taken that way. It's like yeah. it, way to say it. What they do to transform this, these three locations, where they're, they're in succession of each other, like almost makes it like he wrote a book for the last few years. Like, whatever. Because it takes teams of people right. yeah. to transfer these, they make, transform these spaces. They're beautiful spaces. Yeah. In terms of the pop-up, it's very elaborate. We have a team that does it, uh, Matt Fox and Adriana Salome, they, they are our uh, special projects uh, people. And they, and, and they bring in a bunch of artisans who do stuff. Like for instance, with the eSports one, um, we have, uh, there's two characters in, in Overwatch who are brothers and they both have these dragon spirits. And we have these large fluorescent dragons wow. winding through one of the rooms um, with a backdrop painted of the scenery. It's beautiful, it's awesome. They also took 700 basketballs and created this sort of basketball entrance, if you will. Wow. Um, and so it's very creative and all the stuff is like original art in, yeah. in a way. Um, so, what do you do with all of it? Well, some of it just gets thrown away, honestly. Um, some of it gets stored, um, if it's usable again. But it is ephemeral. Like, that's, and you know, okay, I think... I mean, I'm a hoarder, so like, right. by nature. So I just, <laughs> we have bays and bays of this stuff. And in 1995, we did that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, people ask what we did. Well, we did Game of Thrones pub, oh. yeah. uh, which was our most successful or, or popular date. We had a throne. Yeah. You know, we had this throne. It was an exact replica of the throne. Um, the Iron Throne and yeah. uh, people are like what did you do with it like did you sit in your you know living room like watch TV popcorn uh, and yeah so we stored it for a while and then I think we just gave it something I don't remember damn yeah. I you realized like, when no. you said stored, I thought you were no. a lot of it was stolen. Like, no. It's stolen. I'm like, I bet it is. <laughs> but, but it's art and it's ephemeral. And, and what I want to bring back to is, is so is the cocktail. Yeah. The, the cocktail is a, an ephemeral art. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about it. And that's what you were getting to uh, earlier, Gina, is this idea that you um, sip it and savor it, um, but it's gone. And that's it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I always say, I always felt they were whimsical. You said Joe Vile. Whimsical is how I how I think, especially the winter, the the Christmas or the mirror. Oh, the mirror, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're yeah. absolutely whimsical, and I think they're fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, those are long lines to get in. Mm-hmm. It's amazing yeah. how, that people are willing to stand. It's just, it's a testament to what you're doing. People are just willing to stand in the cold, just waiting to get in. That's great. It's great. It reminds me of um, like the Christmas displays when we were kids. You know, they still do them in New York, but in, in this, I didn't grow up there. But you would have all the Christ, the beautiful Christmas displays and all the windows, and you just have people walking. And it kind of reminds me of that well, same kind right. of uh, experience. It's a 2019 version of that. Yeah. I mean, people look forward to it every year. They, it's going to be a change in scenery. I think we, and back, bringing it back to cocktails too, is that we love these rituals, you know, that they ground us, they ground us in time, they ground us in the reality of where it comes from and what it is. In the case of you know, whiskey, uh, somebody makes it and yeah. somebody transports it, as you were alluding to. And and it's, you know, in this case, um, you know, 
it reminds us of the past. Yeah. You know, and we can drink the past, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, so all of this is related, you know, to the set to the sense of time and place. Yeah. And and I love that. That's cool. So, to, if, uh, listeners, if you missed today's uh, recipe, don't worry. We're gonna head send you over to Designated Drinker Show. What? What? Come on, Designated Drinker Show. <laughs> and all of Gina's how tos, her tips, um, and products, and of course, will be listed there in our recipes. But of course, we will also make sure that you can get the link to Derek's book and uh, make sure that you can get your hands on that and enjoy. It's called making Amazon. Your- yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you right there though, um, so you don't get lost in the process. Um, yeah, what you got? Anything else, Mama? I do. You I have do. one question. So, in the day of you know how people identify themselves as spirit, um, animal, you know they're like I really find myself attracted to the Chinese grasshopper, and you're like why, right? I want to. I if you could identify yourself as an ingredient. Right. What would be your spirit ingredient? Because it could be spirited, or it could be just an ingredient that you like to use. Well, I think I'm just gonna go straight to a lemon peel. Oh. I know that doesn't sound very like no, cool, but but why? Tell us why. Um, you know, it's my honestly, it's just my favorite thing to use on in, in a cocktail. Like on the exocarb or the outside of it, there's just uh, so much. Um, contained in these little crevices of the exocarb. Um, and the other side, it's a little pithy and bitter. You know, it has everything. <laughs> it's aromatic. Yeah. It is. It's bitter. Yeah. Did I mention it's bitter? I'm bitter yeah. sometimes. So. It's right. a mood lightener. <laughs> but you know, it's a mood lightener, which I like. Yeah, and, and it can be a mood lightener. So yeah. I'm happy to tell a joke every now and then. And there you go. Perfect. All right. Thank you, Derek, for coming. Yes. My pleasure. Thanks yeah. for coming Great up. to be here. Talk with us. Having a few cocktails. Mm-hmm. All right. Cheers. Bye.